Welcomes Forces More Than Law Graduate Recruitment Special Podcast. I'm Miri Stickland, Knowledge Development Lawyer in the Commercial Real Estate Team. And today I'm joined by our CRE partner, Catherine Ekers, who's also one of the partners on our Graduate Recruitment Panel and is entirely homegrown, having joined Forsters as trainee. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Mary. And alongside Catherine are trainees Cameron and Ellen. And today we're going to talk about etiquette at training contract interviews and predominantly the myth that there are unwritten rules that you need to learn before your training contract interview. So I always felt that as the youngest and often the only woman in the room, I always felt like I should be the one pouring the coffee. Does anybody else have that particular experience? Ellen's nodding. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a worry, isn't it? That there are certain expectations that you might have to meet and particularly the unwritten ones because no one says anything. One that we often talk about is when you're offered a, a drink in the interview room. Should you actually drink it? What's rude? What's polite? What's impolite? Um, and I think these are the small things that candidates worry about and causes an unnecessary amount of anxiety when you should be focusing on your answers to the interview questions primarily. Even things like um, the fact that it's a, a cup in a saucer, that I always used to find very stressful, how you put the cup back down. If you accept the drink, how you then put the cup back down without making a noise. Or if you have to carry it and your hand gets all shaky. Yeah, it gets all wobbly <laughs> and then you sound really nervous and then you think, oh God, how do I make it not sound like I'm nervous? <laughs> I will say there was a there was a myth that was floating around when uh, Ellen and I were on our bag schemes that um, you were supposed to drink the the tea or coffee and eat the biscuits and it would <laughs> in some way score you some brownie points from demonstrating confidence. I bottled it completely. I, I think I was too nervous to <laughs> eat or drink anything, so I just had to watch. Uh, the two partners demolish a place of biscuits. Well, I'm just imagining now some poor sort of candidate being presented with this plate of sort of eight biscuits and feeling like they've got a sort of trough that they're doing questions. Whilst, whilst answering questions, <laughs> spraying crumbs everywhere. That's so stressful. Yeah, I like to think that it's it's okay to be thirsty and it's okay to not want to drink as well. Hopefully, I don't know if you agree, Catherine, but yeah, I mean, completely judgments on whether someone is is drinking in the interviewee. It's so unfortunate, isn't it? Because by having been there as the interviewee, I absolutely get all of those feelings. And then as the interviewer, you just want to make people feel comfortable. And so all you're trying to do is offer them a drink in case they're thirsty. Um, and it, there's obviously absolutely no judgment at all about what that drink is. I mean, personally, I always assume people will want water because I think even, you know, it's so easy to get choked up when you're answering a question. So I don't even offer it when I'm interviewing someone. I just say, would you like still or sparkling? I don't even, you know, and then they don't have to drink it if they don't want to, but if they suddenly get choked up or they need time to think, it's there to have a sip of. Yeah, um, that's true, actually. A drink is a good a good way to take a pause while you're gathering your mm. thoughts, isn't it? Um, something I'd be interested in asking you about, actually, Catherine, is obviously this isn't a question on fashion, but I think something that candidates worry about a lot is um, what you wear at the interview and... I have heard candidates um, talking before about on a hot day, for example, because the interviews take place in summer, so it could be absolutely scorching, mm -hmm. and whether they have to ask to take their jacket off in interviews. Um, and it's not something I had ever even contemplated, and I didn't wear a jacket for either of my interviews and managed to get through okay. 
But I think these kind of things about the etiquette and whether, you know, you should ask to take your jacket off, or whether you should just keep it on and feel uncomfortable the whole time. Is that something that you would ever actually think about? Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, so back when I was interviewing, you absolutely wore a suit. And I remember, you know, my mum took me shopping and bought me a suit for interviews because I'd never owned a suit before. And you stayed sweating in your jacket nervously and uncomfortably. And um, and thankfully, I think that has definitely changed. And now, as you say, and for one, you don't even need to wear, particularly as a woman, you don't need to wear a suit at all, I'd say. Um, you can get any sort of smart outfit of choice. I do often feel quite sorry for male interviewees when you, when it's hot, particularly when they're wearing a tie as well, because it's such a sweaty outfit. <laughs> I think it's tricky. I think it forces you, you could definitely feel comfortable taking off your jacket when you come in the room and putting it behind you. Um, I think some other firms maybe not I think you might need to wait to be asked I would I would ask the question yeah I think it's something say something like would you mind would you mind if I take my jacket off and also be guided by what the interviewers are wearing because I think at forces it's very rare to see a partner wearing a tie and a jacket in an interview but if you know if you're being interviewed by people who are wearing full suits you know you probably want to kind of take your cue from them maybe these are kind of myths that have perpetuated for a long time, though. I mean, when I, many years ago, was looking for training contracts, um, we were told as women not to wear trousers, that you should wear a black suit and it should be a skirt suit. And, you know, I really fervently hope and believe that we've moved on from that. Or like heels. It used to be the case that you should wear heels. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, is just not a thing anymore. So... Yeah, I mean, obviously dress appropriately. I suppose the other thing as well is sort of body language, because mm. quite often how smart you look is actually about sort of, you know, whether you sort of are a bit crumpled or whether, yeah. <laughs> and whether yeah. you're kind of sitting. Yeah, or are you slouching in your chair? Yeah, exactly. So if you're kind of sitting up and sort of looking interested, I always think people look smarter if they're doing that mm. anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I suppose the other one is whether you're judged on how you speak. Does anyone want to talk to that? Yeah, well, I would really hope not. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely not. But it's definitely something that I think you're conscious of. I mean, when I was interviewing, I had much more of a Yorkshire accent than I have now. Um, apparently 12 years in the South has uh, softened that slightly. But it was definitely something that I was conscious of, not sounding like everybody around me um and I know that's something that friends of mine who had much stronger accents were also very conscious of um and that's something which a good a good interviewer will relax people and and make them feel like that's not an issue and it absolutely shouldn't be but I think it's very easy to to dwell on that and I think all you can try and do as the applicant is reassure yourself that if anyone's judging you on your accent that's not a place you want to be basically um so assume that they're not and and go with that yeah I'd agree with that I was just running in my head through who the partners are who are on the graduate recruitment panel and you know they're from all over yeah the shop yeah well I mean like Emily Holstock um has a very strong northern accent always has and yeah proudly so I do think going in I wasn't really worried at all I've got a very very slight northern accent I was but I think the grad recruitment people were quite good at showing that they weren't particularly it's not a very snobbish firm to be at so I personally going into the interview I had no fear that I'd sound sort of off-puttingly northern or anything like that 
Did you ever feel like that in other sort of settings they come in? Because you must have interviewed it more than just Forsters. Uh, won't name names, but uh, no, it was a very different uh, environment at some of the other other firms I interviewed at. Um, I think on, on the whole now, I think law is changing to be a much more accessible from really. And as uh, Catherine says, I think it adds a bit of it can add a bit of character. I think sometimes I think it sometimes works in your favour if you have someone who happens to also be from the north, some sort of northern northern mafia situation. Bonding, bonding experience, yeah. I think that's a valid point because I think what reassures you as an applicant is when you kind of see yourself in the people who you're mixing with at the firm on an open day and who are interviewing you. So particularly as a woman, if there's a one of the partners interviewing you is a woman, you kind of know that it, it, it could be okay. You know, you're not going to be judged on that characteristic. And similarly, if, you know, you're being interviewed by someone who has some sort of regional accent, perhaps that might um, comfort comfort some people and also the inter the the assessment day isn't just about the interview you're mixing with people throughout the firm and you're going to meet lots of lots of different different people um who come from um have have various different backgrounds which um hopefully will add to some sort of reassurance yeah i think that's right thank you Thank you so much for joining me today. If listeners would like to know more about the graduate recruitment process, you can head over to that area of our website on forsters.co.uk and you can follow us on all the usual social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, goodbye. The Forsters podcast is for general information only and should not be considered to be professional advice. Accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct or consequential loss arising from the use of, reliance on, or reference to this podcast. Forsters LLP makes no warranty or representation as to the accuracy of the information contained in this podcast. The Modern Law podcast and all copyright in it is the property of Forsters LLP, and it shall not be used, reproduced, or quoted, whether in 